0: You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that 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 is who you are, that you turn our our grief and our mourning into, into great joy. And so we trust you to do that because I know there's a lot of grief in here. Um, And there's also a lot of joy, people that have been through. And so, and many of us on that path, I say all of us are on that path at some point. So open our ears and eyes today to see wonderful things in your word. And we just pray your Holy Spirit would uh, just be here among us doing what you promised he would do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Good morning. All right, a little enthusiasm. I like that. If you're new, I'm Matt. I'm one of our pastors here at Grace, and uh, it's good to be with you. Those watching online, wherever you may be, welcome. Uh, We are we're kind of finishing up a section in the Book of John today. Um, We call this the Upper Room Discourse. It started in chapter 13, and it goes uh, throughout. Well. We'll be at the high priestly prayer next week. We'll start that in seventeen, but we're finishing sixteen today. And Jesus has been having this long conversation with his disciples. He's he's telling them something uh, that he's told them quite a bit now, and and it's something they really don't want to hear because he's telling them that he's leaving. Now remember, these guys have given up everything. His disciples have given up everything to follow him. And so this is really the last thing they wanna hear. And and I just imagine the hopes and dreams of these disciples, right? Jesus, he's gonna conquer, he's bringing the kingdom. They've seen his miracles, they've seen everything he's been doing. And then they're hoping, finally, we're gonna get out from this oppression of Rome and we're gonna, the kingdom is going to be established. But Jesus keeps telling them, I'm I'm gonna die. And what Jesus is doing in this moment right here is he's, he's trying to lift them up. He's trying to encourage them. He wants to bring them to a place of, of fruitfulness, just like we saw in, in chapter 15. The, the, the branch that abides in the vine, that's the branch that produces fruit. And so these disciples, they too, as they connect with Jesus, stay connected, abiding in him, they will produce the, this, this fruit, peace, joy, all the things that the Spirit of God produces in our lives. It will be shaped in them. And they'll be able to do this because Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit, right? Remember the advocate, what do we call him? The paraclete, the helper, all those, all those names, the comforter, the counselor. He's gonna come and he's gonna guide them. He's gonna remind them of everything Jesus told them. He's gonna be in them. And, they'll, and because of him and his presence, the very presence of God, they will have this joy that, that no one will be able to take away from them. But it's going to get tough, so we're going to pick it up in chapter 16, verse 16. Let's see what Jesus has to say as he wraps this section up. Jesus went on to say, in a little while, we're over here, sorry. In a little while, you will see me, or you will see me no more, and then after a little while, you will see me. Kind of a little play on words here. Jesus, he's telling them, I, I'm leaving, guys. This is the last time I, I'm leaving. I'm going away. And we know that he's going to die. The grave's gonna seem like, like, like it's the end for Jesus. We know that's just a pit stop, but he will see them again. But we have the benefit of living on this side of the cross. They did not. So they must have found great difficulty again in these words, right? What, what is he talking about in a little while? All that he stood for. Is, is that coming to an end? All that he promised, are we not going to experience the fulfillment? Were his enemies too strong for him? It must have been very puzzling, so they reply. Some of his disciples said, what does he mean by saying in a little while? What is that about? You will see me no more, and then after a little while you'll see me, and and because I'm going to the Father. And they kept asking him, what does he mean by a little while? We just don't understand what he's saying. And Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, hey guys, are you asking me? Are you asking yourself what I meant when I said in a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me? And so you see their their confusion still remains. They're not sure what he's talking about. Although Jesus has been telling them over and over I'm going to die but you see the disciples, they're still struggling to see beyond their preconceived notions of what the Messiah would be when he showed up. And so Jesus realizes this and he explains further. He says, very truly, or amen and amen. Listen closely, it's very important. I will tell you, tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. When I lay down my life at the cross, the world, that is, all who have rejected my words, all who refuse to believe into me, all those who reject those amazing seven I am statements that I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door of the sheep, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, All, I am, the, I am the, I'm, I'm the, the, the vine. All the people that reject those things about Jesus, from the chief priests down to the everyday ordinary Joes, those are the ones that will rejoice and they'll mock him. They'll spit on him. They'll jeer at him. Good. He got what he deserved. Get him out of here. Let's get on with our lives. For them, it's going to be a good day. And, and why? Well, on, on the one hand, we already read in John that, that they, they hated Jesus and his father. They hated him without reason. Why would they hate Jesus? John already told us he's come to the world to save the world, to rescue the world. They had no legitimate reason to hate Jesus. He he came to to, to show them what the father's really like and and to to clear up any confusion they would have. He's God's savior for the world. Why would they hate that? Oh, yeah. Jesus told his brothers in chapter seven that did not believe in him yet. The world cannot hate you. Why? Because you're, you're part of the world. The world loves the world but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. Oh yeah, this world is dark. Jesus is the light of the world, right? We saw this in in, in the beginning of John's gospel. The light comes into the world, but but the world hates it because it loves its own darkness. loves to define right and wrong for itself. And this was important for the disciples to know before what was about to go down. Jesus, in his, in his kind of prophetic role, he foretells exactly what's gonna happen and how everybody's gonna respond when this goes down. But as for you guys, you disciples, man, when this happens, you're gonna weep. You're, 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 you're gonna mourn. You're gonna be devastated. You're, possibly you're gonna mourn more than you ever have in your lives. But I'm not gonna leave you there. I'm gonna do something for you that you can't even imagine. Imagine. I'm not going to take your grief away. I'm going to take the very thing that caused you this, this devastating grief, and that's going to be the vehicle where, through which you're going to experience amazing joy. The cross of Christ, the, the greatest injustice our world has ever known, will ultimately resort, result in great joy because remember, it's at the cross where all sin is forgiven. Right, That which separates God from man. It's at the cross where, where our greatest enemy, death itself, will finally be defeated. The grave can't hold him, folks. It's at the cross that the righteousness of, of, the righteous indignation of a holy God towards rebellious, sinful people will be satisfied. And it's at the cross where eternal life will be held out, As people place their faith in Christ, first for them and then through their testimony, that's us. But this isn't without a great cost to our Lord, without great pain and suffering. It's inevitable both for him and for those who identify with him. So listen to how Jesus explains what's what's going down. He further explains, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I I will see you again. And you will rejoice, and no one will be able to take away that joy. So just like labor pains, comes grief. When the child comes, joy enters the world. Now listen, I don't know about you, I've been in the room four times. There's things that happen in that room that a man should never hear, okay? I'm just telling you, it's, it's intense. The, the, the grief is real. The, the pain is real. There's fear in there. But man, when that baby's delivered, the joy, it's just overwhelming, and we know this, right? There's great joy in that back row, my kids. Kate, I even caught you. It's crazy, it, it was hardcore, but it was beautiful, right? There's great joy in that, great joy. And so it is with those who trust in Christ and these disciples. The pain is real. Jesus is going to die a horrifying death and the disciples are gonna experience fear and doubt and hopelessness. And, and, but, but they need to realize what Jesus is telling them is, is that death isn't the end for Jesus. Death is the door. Eternal life is where Jesus is heading, okay? And notice what he says. He says, he says not, not uh, hey, you'll see me again, as he said before. He says, I will see you again, as if to say that, that you're not gonna be wandering around looking for me. I'm gonna come back from the grave and I'm gonna find you. You will see me. I will see you again. It's an amazing statement. And so his death, burial, and resurrection will be the very door that give us, give, the disciples and us, full access to the Father, which will resu- result in this joy that just can't be taken away. Look, look what he says amazing passage. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything, for very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete in that day when Jesus has finally ascended and sent the Holy Spirit that, 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 that will fill, fill them with the insurance of his abiding presence in their lives, the, the disciples will know, they're, they're not gonna have Jesus there to ask questions anymore, right? He's gonna be gone. He, he's, he, he's, he's gonna be with the Father, but because of his atoning work on the cross, they will now have direct access to the Father just as he did, right? And we, we, we've never been... Uh, Never in history has there been a time where people have prayed in the name of Jesus until then. Right until this, he's been talking about it. Gary talked about it a little, back in what, 13, I believe he said. But right now, they're they're told, listen, you bring your questions straight to God. You have full access. I have opened the door. The Father cares about you. And and you bring them in accordance with Jesus' teaching and his message and his mission. And and, and I, I would add, because we talked about this a little bit in preaching, team. Really? If you'll give us anything we ask? But you see, we have the full counsel of Scripture, so we know what James says about prayer, right? I mean, if you're asking for your own selfish reasons, God's not gonna listen to that. So, so there are parameters that Scripture puts on our prayer, but here, these guys were on mission with him. So they'd already left everything. So, so their requests, their questions, no longer will Jesus be there. Go straight to the Father, and so intimate will be this relationship with the Father. They'll, they'll, they'll call him Abba, right? They'll call him Dad. It's an amazing thing. To pray in Jesus' name is a privilege that only the church, only this new covenant age has. And that's us. One theologian, he talks about it like this. He says, um, they are to do this. They are to pray in full recognition that this is the route to the joy Jesus had earlier promised them. In that, if that joy is part of the matrix of the consistent obedience, that obedience, that remaining in Jesus and his love and his word, is the matrix out of which fruit-bearing springs, then fruit-bearing is the direct consequence of prayer. So what he's saying is access in the Father's name was part of the joy which was promised to them in place of their present sorrow it would indeed bring that joy to completion. And, and it, there, there's great joy in knowing that, that in Christ we have full access to a loving God who desires our joy. He wants them to be filled with joy. He wants us to be filled with joy. The Christian life should be a life full of joy. And is that, is that, is that a hallmark of your life? Even in the midst of your pain and struggles, we all have them. Do you have that joy that the Holy Spirit brings and that the Father desires for all of us? There's something else that Jesus wants for his disciples. He wants to leave them with, besides this, this, this hope and joy. He wants to leave them with peace. And, and we're going to see here at the end of this passage that, that he's going to tell them, listen, and matter of fact, every preacher for the last three weeks has stole this out of my sermon. You guys, you guys need to stay in your lane, okay? The, 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 the line where Jesus says, listen, you're going to have trouble in this world, right? You live in a troubled world. But he says, but you can have peace. And because you're my followers, remember, the world's gonna hate you too. And the same is true for us. If we stand against the current of of culture, if we we dare to swim the other way and walk the other way, you will face adversity. And he's warning his disciples about this. It's gonna happen. There are times as Christians where we need to stand against what the culture is selling or peddling. And there's times also when we need to stand for What what God is saying, opposing the world. And so anyone who steps into that cultural current and just doesn't go with the flow, um, man, you're gonna face people despising you, ridiculing you, mocking you. And Jesus forewarns them. And I love that because to be forewarned is to be forearmed, right? He says, be ready because trouble is coming. That's a promise. But here's what I wanna leave you with. I, I I want you to know Where to find peace, you need to know where to find it when it all hits the fan, because it's going to hit the fan. Now, peace. Peace is one of those things our world, um, well, it's one of the most valuable commodities we have in this world today, right? This is a picture of Michael I took, he was, I'm kidding, it's not Michael, Um, it's Jay. Um, Anyway, peace is a very precious commodity, right? Right? Now, if you ask the world where to find peace, you just Google it or whatever, you're gonna find all kinds of ideas. You're gonna learn a lot about breathing techniques, okay? You're gonna learn about boundaries, right? Some of you guys, I'm just gonna to have to keep back, right? If I'm gonna, peace, I, you know, you need to disconnect from the people and things. You're gonna be encouraged to look deep inside yourself to find this inner peace. I can do that. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, actually, um, back when I lived in Southeast, we lived in Southeast, Rhonda and I used to go to Crunch, that gym there on Division, and that was back when I worked out. I'm over that now. But I should probably get back to that. I see my, it's my trainer over here. Um, uh, anyway, we, we were doing this, you know, just going working out, and Rhonda convinced me one day to go into this class called uh, Strength Training Yoga or something. And I'm like, come on, man. I said, I'll go get on that little mat with you. So... I go down, I jump on the, mat. five minutes, I mean, I'm, I'm dying, the mat's soaked, it was an intense workout, right? And at the end of it, we're down in downward dog position, and I'm just, I mean, barely alive. And in the background, this music comes on, I wish I could sing it in that voice, but it said, come to the, li- let me try it, come to the light inside, and you'll be Oh, not a mistake. It was and, and I'm just like, what the you know, because but but I realize what's going on, right? I mean that's what our world says. Yeah, just look deep inside, and it's there that you will find peace. But Jesus is telling his disciples, he's gonna tell his disciples, no, you're not gonna find peace by looking inside. You don't have what you need to to, to experience true peace through life's problems. So let's see what he's talking about. Let's let him explain. Jesus goes on. Though I have been speaking, speaking figuratively, a time is coming when you will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from him. So from 13 on, Jesus has been using these figures of speech, metaphors, um, but he says, There's a time coming where I'm not going to speak like that. And he makes this incredible statement to his disciples. Look, look what he, he says. He says, The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believe that I came from him. Their relationship, our relationship with God, our experiencing the love of God, Jesus forms the foundation for that. You, you can't enter into the love of God without going through Jesus. That's an amazing statement. And, and look what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, man, you know what, but I'm gonna have to do a lot of work to convince him. You guys are a mess. He doesn't say that. He says, you believe me. You believe that I came from God. It's an amazing statement. He says, you're already loved by the Father because of how you interact, what you do with me. He truly is the door In Christ, the love of God is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And then then in this one, the next statement, this is like the most concise, theologically packed verse. He says, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. It's like a a concise um, summary of his entire ministry because look what he's saying. I came from the Father. What's that? That's that's preexistence. Right? Remember what John said at the beginning of his gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus, divine, preexisted before the foundations of the world. The second thing he says, and I entered the world. What is that? That's incarnation. Remember in 14, he says, the word became flesh. The word is Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. We saw the guy. We ate with him. We, We touched him, John will say later in his epistle. But now I'm leaving the world. What is that? That's atonement, right? That's resurrection. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Majesty in heaven. And somebody say Amen to that. That's 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 resurrection. That's purification. And then finally, I'm going back to my Father. What's that? That's ascension. That's his intercessory work on our behalf. Paul argues in Romans, uh, who who, who going to be who is the one that condemns us? Well, there's no one to condemn us. Why? Because Christ died. More than that, Christ who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. His blood, his death, his, his, his life, it's interceding on our behalf. It's just grace to you, grace to you, grace to you, grace to you. It's an amazing thing. And actively trusting on these four truths, believing that Jesus is who he said he was, that's where we're gonna find Peace. And Jesus affirms that they already believe. They, 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 they hear this. They, they, they believe it, albeit incompletely. right? They don't understand fully, but they believe that Jesus is who he said he was in as much as they can at this point. And Jesus affirms that. He says, yes, you, you guys already, you already believe and Father already loves you. And that's the question, though, isn't it, right? Jesus says, I have come from the Father. And so that's the big question for all of us, right? Who do you say Jesus is? Are you just a man? Are, are, are you a man? And Jesus, at this point, would pull a J. Yes and no. Drives me crazy when he does that. But, um, y- y- yes and no, yes. I, I, I'm, I, I'm a man. But remember that towering passage in Philippians 2. Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be selfishly clung to, but rather emptied himself, not of his deity, but by, by putting on flesh, and becoming the form of a man and taking on the form of a servant and being obedient to death even to the death on a cross and people struggle with that you know what else they you know you know what else people struggle with we all struggle with but the world especially struggles with believing everything Jesus said about himself and about reality right P- people people struggle with it. Do, do i really have to believe everything that's written in the bible do I really have to believe everything Jesus said? Is, is that how I'm gonna find peace in my life? Yes. Yes, that is. Everything he said about, about heaven and hell. Everything he said uh, about, about h- how to interact with the Father, how, how, to, how to put yourself in the love of God. Everything he said about the way you treat enemies and brothers, all those things. Because basing your life on what is true is, is where you're gonna be finding peace. Peace, because Jesus is the truth. And, and let me tell you, there's nowhere else in the eternal word of God that tells us otherwise. I, I can't find the passage that says, hey, just grab what you like and, and what, what you don't, or what's not culturally um, hip and in today. You can just set, to the, set aside. People struggle with that. Because we're good, at, we're good with being kind to others for the most part, right? Right? We're good with helping the poor when we can, and you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible. We're good with, with embracing some of his moral teachings, but can't we just leave some of that other stuff out? I mean, loving our enemies, and you're telling me I need to trust in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to find peace with God, and that He's the only way. Seems a little exclusive. Not super tolerant, right? And what about the virgin birth? How does that work again? Explain that one more time. Sexuality and marriage. Come on, baby. It's the 21st century. We can be whatever we want to be, right? Man, woman, somewhere in between. Flamingo. I mean, it doesn't end now. I mean, you can be whatever you want to be. But to reject what Jesus said about himself and the word of God is to reject the very heart of Christianity, it's to reject everything he came to, to do for us and to teach us. And I get it, man. It's popular to believe, hey, all roads lead to God. And, and here's an aside, though. All roads eventually do lead to God, just not in the way that the world says they do. Right, because we will all stand before God one day. We'll take the Hindu route, Buddha, whatever. I mean, so, so in a sense, but, but all roads don't leave to the, lead to the love of God. And the accept, acceptance and approval of God, that's found only in Christ. And so many people say, yeah, well, you know, I was sincere. Well, you can be sincerely wrong. And so to abandon peace is to embrace something besides Christ. And that's why the Bible keeps walking us back to Jesus. And, and Jay reminded us last weekend, right? It, this is really hard. It was hard then. It's hard now in our, in our post-truth society, right? Truth is like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? What's true for you is good, you're fine, whatever. Your truth is all that matters. And It used to be you could pull out some empirical data and really drill down, but today, even empirical data, people just, nah, that's, that's, that's your truth. It's right there. People don't wanna believe what they don't wanna believe. And the world doesn't wanna see what was right in front of them. So who do you say Jesus is? And think long and hard about that. Because your joy, your lasting peace, and your eternal destiny depends on how you respond to Christ. So let's get back to the disciples. So where are they at? Then Jesus' disciples, after Jesus said this, said, now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not need anyone, uh, excuse me, and, and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Well, this seems like a quite a, quite a statement, right? I mean, see, to me, it seems like a little overconfident. How did you get there from here? And, and commentators are all over the board on this, but but all we know for sure. And so I'm sticking with what I know for sure. Jesus said, you believe me. They are confessing, we believe you. We, we believe you came from God. That's essential. And so that's the question again. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe that he came from God? That he lived the life you couldn't live? That he died a death that, 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 that took away your sin? And that he rose to the Father in victory? Do you believe that? Jesus says the time is coming and in fact has now come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone. My father is with me. Jesus is going to die and they are going to flee. Like the prophet Zechariah said, the the shepherd will, or excuse me, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Well, when this good shepherd gets struck down, the disciples are gonna be gone. They're going to leave him all alone. But Jesus' words, you're going to leave me all alone. But I love what he says here. He says, yet I am not alone. Even in this, my Father is with me. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that amazing triune God, always working together. This isn't some divine child sacrifice. They're all working together to bring things, to make all things new. It's an amazing he's never alone and he says I've told you these things why did you tell us all this I'll tell you why I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace in this world you will have trouble our world is full of trouble it's full of tribulation it's full of pain it's full of grief trials and the question is, how can I possibly find peace in a peaceless world? How can I find joy in a joyless world? How can I have any hope in a hopeless world? My wife and I have been uh, recently writing down, <clears throat> excuse me, the, some, the chapters of our lives, kind of looking back on our lives since we got married and working through some things. She's coming around. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I jest. Anyway. Um, it's been, it's, been really, it's been really cool to see. There's a lot of great chapters in our lives that we've had together. We're going on 33 years next week. Come on, man. We might make it. Um, thank you. Thank you. She is, that's for you, babe. That's for you. Those claps <laughs> are for you. Um, but there's a lot of pain and struggle in there, too. There's a lot of heartache. There's some betrayal. There's some faith and, faithlessness to God at times, even. There's great loss in our lives. Anxiety, fears, that's all part of our story too. And it's just just real. We don't diminish the pain. But God has good news for us. And he has good news for you too. Because if you belong to Jesus, man, you're not, this this isn't our final story. This isn't the final chapter of our lives. We don't belong to this world anymore. Right, what does Paul say in Philippians? Our citizenship is not here, it's in heaven. Where, where the thief can't get in and take it away, where moth and rust can't get in and just corrode and destroy it. But listen, for the non-Christian, this is as close to heaven as you're ever gonna get. But for the believer in Christ, this is as close to hell as we're ever gonna get. Praise the Lord for that. Because at the cross, it looks like looks like the world won. It's Jesus against the world, and it looks like the... the, the He's defeated, but listen, the greatest defeat, which looks like the greatest defeat, is in fact the greatest victory that we'll ever know. He was dying for his disciples. He was dying for you. He was dying for me. And his death is our victory. And his resurrection was the hope of our eternity. So I'm here to tell you today, God, Jesus is here to tell you today, if you try and find peace in this troubled world, you're doomed to frustration and pain I mean, temporary peace at best, but it won't sustain and it won't last. But if you seek peace, true peace through Jesus Christ, God's provision for you, you will have an unwavering peace that gets you through the traumas and pain of this life. We know how painful this life can be. That's what they needed to know before it went down. Jesus the prophet, I love it. This is what's gonna happen. You're gonna gonna scatter even. You're gonna leave me alone. I'm sure they looked back on those words, somehow even found comfort in those. He said we were gonna do this. True lasting peace is only found in the personal work of Jesus Christ. They needed to know it, and that's what we needed to know today. And then he ends with some of the sweetest words in the entire gospel: but take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Not not only have courage, but but dare to believe everything I've said to you. Man, in the midst of the pain, dare to believe. Take heart. Stand up. Don't waver. Keep walking. I know what it looks like, but take heart. Be obedient. I'm the overcomer. In Jesus, our life is going to be okay, ultimately. It's going to be hard, but your, your eternity is secure in him. And the fears and pains that we experience, man, they're real. We we don't diminish those. But so is Jesus, and he's overcome all of it. What a Savior. What a beautiful, wonderful Savior. What do we take away today? Here's six things. For you guys that are taking notes, you know, know, I'm not a note guy. They're all at the end. Ready? We're just filling some blanks here. Take your your confusion and questions to God. I love the way Jesus interacts with his disciples. Listen, he's about to experience the most horrifying death you can even imagine. And who's he thinking about? Them. Us. The selflessness of Christ is so beautiful. And so take your confusion and questions to God. Before you run to some guru or self-help book or Google or whatever it is, or even to a friend, Man, he's given you his Holy Spirit to guide and lead you. Man, go straight to the Father. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Boldly approach. Ask him your questions. Do it with friends. Do it with family. Remembering that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. He's the most precious thing you have in your life. Second thing that we need to know is our relationship with Jesus is the foundation of God's love for us. Nobody experiences the love of God without the, going through the person and work of Jesus Christ. 1 John, see what great love, not, not just that he lavishly loves us. The Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and in Christ, that is what we are. So somebody, let's get excited about that, man. We should be, we should be just pouring over these thoughts and, and scriptures daily. Our relationship with Jesus is the foundation of God's love for us. Um, in Christ we have access to the prayer-answering Father who desires our joy. Remember those of us who did the 20 days of prayer? Piper had us get up at some ungodly hour. Well, there's no ungodly hour, but it was early, okay? Um, For 20 days, most of us were there. We got up and we sat in this room and we prayed and we saw God answer some prayers and there was so much joy. Man, I remember that time. There was so much joy in that. The Father wants us to have joy. He wants us to go to him, bring our requests to him. He's like, I mean, if you, remember what the scripture tells if you being evil, right, I mean, we're messed up, know how to give good gifts to your kids, grandkids, how much more will God, the loving Father, give good gifts to you? So pray more. Uh, number four, Jesus is faithful even when we are faithless. This is important. You're going to fail. I I love that. This is a trustworthy saying. It's not John 16, actually. Um, If we died with him, this is Timothy, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, if we just outright reject him, he'll be fine. You do you. You, I'll continue to come in my mercy, but if you keep rejecting, that's your prerogative. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Why? He cannot disown himself. Those disciples are gonna scatter. Jesus is not. He's not gonna run. He's always faithful. He's always trustworthy. And when the Holy Spirit comes to you and convicts you of some sin, instead of running away, man, run to Jesus. Run to the Father in the name of Christ. Take, confess, be washed and renewed and restored. Trusting in everything that he's promised. He's faithful and you can trust him. Hi, guys. Uh, Number five, Jesus offers hope and peace in a world of trouble. We live in a troubled world, and the only way you're going to find hope and peace is in Jesus Christ. When somebody says, I'm going to die, and I'm going to get up, and they do, and the evidence is overwhelming, you need to listen to that. Listen to this person. He says, you're not going to find it anywhere else. And finally, we overcome this world through our faith in Jesus. So take heart man. dare to believe everything that he's promised you. Dare to believe that he will, he will, he's, he's preparing a place. Remember, he said, I'm preparing a place for you. Dare to believe that he will take you there. Let's pray. Father, you are the light of the world. Access to you, Father, has been given to us through your Son, so we boldly come and just thank you today. For God loved this world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall inherit eternal life. And to all who believe on his name, they will be called the children of God. And so, who do you say Jesus is? That's the question for us today. He is the Son of God. Yes, and he's our Savior. For those who believe, if you don't know him, and we have prayer teams over here, at least there, Um, and I'd love to talk to you, or any, we'd love to talk to you more about that. Um, One thing I just want to invite people to is number one, next steps. Um, If you're new here, you can go to the cafe and you can grab uh, grab a coffee. It's on us, and we'll just tell you about what's going on here at Grace. The other thing I want to tell you about is tonight from 6 to seven thirty up in the student ministry room all of our mission teams are back now so we're going to do kind of a recap of what went down over in latvia and at young lives and down on the coast with johnny and friends so if you're available we're gonna have light snacks no big deal so eat before you come but um Come on upstairs to the student ministry room and here. And if you can't make that, I get it. We're also gonna do a recap in the service at the end of August. But this is, we're gonna do a little more. So you guys, if you have more questions. So anyway, let me, let me pray. Father, thank you for um, giving us Jesus. Forgive us when we stray. Thank you for your steadfastness, your faithfulness to us in bringing us back and giving us the Holy Spirit. Give us more of him. Thank you for being such a wonderful Savior. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.